Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week we're talking with Monkey Town Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and the birthday boy, <laughs> Brian Hewitt. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Congratulations. Another trip and it's around been a, the It's sun. been an absolute perfect week for it. Is. It's, it's good stuff. Huh? Could not wish for a better time yeah. to have birthday. Well, cheers, man. Cheers. cheers. Thanks. Thanks so much. Now, joining us today, we have Kirby Garrison, the co-owner and head brewer of Monkey Town Brewing. We're going to talk about the interesting history behind the name Monkey Town, top-selling brown ales, crispy lagers, and, and adventurous pastry stouts. Kirby, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, boys. Absolutely, man. How are things there in uh, Dayton, Tennessee? They're uh, they're going well. You know, we're uh, we're situated kind of kind of right in between Knoxville and Chattanooga. So, with everything COVID related, you know, we're kind of kind of off the beaten path. So, things have been yeah, yeah not not you know, of course, nothing is business as usual for anybody in, in the world these days. But it's uh, you know, we've been. We've been fortunate. Uh, we've been spared the heavy-handed blow that COVID has dealt a lot of the world, and you know, especially parts of the country. So we're continuing to make beer, and and people are coming out in droves to order it. So uh, personally, it's as good as it could be. I assume. You're right. Good yeah. as it, good as it could be. Yep, good as it could be. If you're in Georgia, they just open it up. We're not having any of that. Our governor here is like, you know what? Let's get back to it. Let's Atlanta. just do it. Yeah, Tennessee has uh, has been, you know, Bill Lee has uh, kind of along the same lines. So yeah, yeah. Hey, let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Right. How about you, man? How do you? What'd you get into this week? So I got into a little bit of fun stuff. It was, uh, you know, it was a good weekend, a, a party week, <laughs> sort of party weekend. You know, at points, I got into an interesting beer, a Language of Thunder Marshmallow Maple from 2019. Oh, okay. Trim Tab. I figured I had to drink something nice on a special sure, day. Being absolutely, my man. Yeah. I also got into a Last Will and Testament for Monday night from 2018. Both of those were tremendous beers. Hashtag drink your cellar. That was a hashtag drink your cellar. That yes, is correct. Yes. That is correct. And, uh, you know, just made the rounds, and there's a lot of stuff going on. There so is, Brian. It in is my true. neighborhood, yes, the stuff has been happening very close very by. Very close, very close. I've had the National Guard in my neighborhood. Yeah. I have had my my Target get completely destroyed, and yes. a Kroger near It was me. on the news. Your it, Target made the news, Brian. That's right. My, yeah. my Target is famous now. The Italian restaurant you had dinner at like that's right. a week ago, they set it on fire. That, or, yeah, yes. Yeah. Basically, wow. yes. You know what? I do want to say this, Brian. 
we stand by our friends in the black community 100% for the protests that are going on right now. We understand I'm at a loss for words as, as man, I'm a middle-aged white male. I cannot fully understand what any of them go through, but we hope that something can, some serious resolution can happen here. And uh, we hope there's not no violence. There's some good people out there trying to protest peacefully and we hope that can continue. And we hope there's results this time. Yeah. I hope we get to a solution soon. Absolutely. Well, is definitely yeah. my, is sure definitely enough. my thoughts. How about you, Tim? Brian, you know, fairly easy going weekend, uh, went down to visit our friend, Adam, who brews at even tide brewing, oh, yes. went down there and we drank through the tap list. I think there, we I think we drank everything they have. sampled yeah. through them. <laughs> uh, we got to try a beer that was still in the tank, a honey blonde that they're doing. Uh, that he said will uh, TBD named. So no name yet, but that'll be releasing soon. Also, po- Halfway Crooks, one of our favorites, lager brewers. They just do it. They had some more of their Ada on, which if you've listened to us, you know we rave about that beer. One of our favorite crispy boys. For it's sure. so good. So, so we good. picked up. And then Atlanta Brewing Company, who were not officially open, but some of our friends at work there were hanging out on the patio. So we sat there and we got to get into one of their quarantine edition Hypewell Stouts, Brian. I didn't even know they had a quarantine. But edition, didn't but. that stout make the quarantine just a little bit better? It definitely did. Yeah. Got to absolutely. enjoy that. And uh, that was coffee, vanilla, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Coffee and vanilla, I believe. Yeah. Hype whale stout with yeah. coffee and vanilla. Yeah. And yeah. then, Brian, me personally, man, I keep fermenting any food that gets close enough for me to ferment. I know. So we were eating some of the we pickles. We made some pickles. Fermented. Made some yeah, pickles. which is That's... crazy. Kirby, do you, any, do you do any food fermentation either personally or at the restaurant there? Um, no, I, uh, tried to do some kombucha not too okay, long ago right. that, uh, that turned out pretty well, but of course, like, like with most things in life, I forgot about it and, uh, it, yeah. it, 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 it had forsaken me. So I had to I dump got it. it. Sure. But, yeah. but that little yeah. bit that I did, it tasted really good, but you know, fermentation is fermentation. It's fun. It's, it's spontaneous, of course, by nature. And, uh, I'd like to get into more of yeah. it. So that was kind of my thing. This has been my quarantine project since I haven't, I haven't had the time really to like brew and tend to a whole batch of beer, uh, but I've been doing some fermentation arts there and yeah. I've got, uh, yeah, the normies are all bacon bread. You're you're firm. They're out things. there baking. Yeah. But you know what? Me and the bed, bread bacon normies can hang together <laughs> yeah. and, and share, man. We can make we can make this the a sourdough and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. You know, Tim, we should, probably should mention that we have a new station, too. We do, Brian. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We have our brand new station as of this week. Thank you very much to WERL 950 AM in Eagle River, Wisconsin, Saturdays at 8 AM Central Time. And that serves the upper northern part of wisconsin and the western part of michigan's upper peninsula so welcome thanks for a good beer country up there that, that is prime beer country good beer country speaking of beer it's time for the beers of the week crack open a cold one it's the truck and tap beer of the week Woo-hoo! craft beer and food trucks in downtown woodstock truckandtap.com well, Brian, as always, we have got some great beers to drink this week. We were going to get some Monkey Town, but Kirby just told us they were they were out of the lids he needed to can up the beer to send yeah. to us. So, Kirby, we're going to make do with what we've got here. I think we've got some okay beers to to get through. We're currently drinking one from a, a Florida beer from Hidden Springs Ale Works. We have Drone Thugs in Harmony. Nice. Which is a, yeah, I Passion Fruit and High Springs, Tampa, baby. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good beer. So getting into that one, we also have from our stop by Atlanta Brewing, Brian, we have the Jellyfish Berliner, which is a strawberry rhubarb Berliner Weiss. Indeed. And uh, that is a collaboration with the Georgia Aquarium for conservation efforts there. So we're going to get into that. We have a nice IPA from uh, 
Louisiana, Brian, Parish, Ghost in the Machine. I'm actually drinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, great minds drink alike. Good exactly. stuff, man. Have you had the Dr. Juice from Parish? I haven't. I haven't. My personal opinion, Dr. G- Ghost is good. I like the doctor just a little bit more. So when I picked this up, I did not see the doctor's use. Yeah, so, that yeah. was tasty. And you know what? I think we're going to nightcap this show with a little Westbrook Mexican cake. Brian. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah, nice. We got it going on there. So, Brian, what's happening this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. All right, so kudos to our friends at PorchDrinking.com for this little item here uh, in response to the recent murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, which has taken all the news and has all the attention. Texas Brewery Weathered Souls has launched the Black is Beautiful Black is Beautiful, excuse me, collaboration initiative. Basically, any brewery that would like to participate can brew their own version of a stout recipe provided by Weathered Souls and make use of the label designs and discounted printing, so long as they donate a portion of the beer sales to foundations that support police brutality reform and legal defense for those who have been victimized. So far, 60 breweries are on board with the project, including Jester King. If you'd like to find out more, check out the official website, blackisbeautiful.beer. I looked at the recipe. looks like a tasty beer, man. I hope some of our Georgia breweries get, get involved. With yeah, I, hope, I hope so, too. I actually yeah. did not look at the recipe. Yeah. Jester King, speaking of, is turning their property into a park to address social distancing needs as they open back up for business. Apparently, they've had some success selling beer to, and bread to go, and they have 165 acres that weren't previously open to the public, so they're opening that space up. The new Jester King experience will offer two miles of hiking trails to visitors and picnic tables distributed throughout the property. The brewery itself will operate on a reservation system with intermittent off-limit times dedicated to cleaning and sanitizing the facility. So that's pretty interesting. Absolutely. Another high-profile brewery reaction to the current pandemic, Firestone Walker is pulling out of Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Connecticut, and they're laying off nine members of their sales team in those states. They cite the complete loss of on-premise sales in eastern markets as the reason for leaving those states. Though prior to the pandemic, they had also exited Vermont, Maine, and Rhode Island. So things aren't going well for them. It's not. Man. In New England. No. Yeah. And there was rumor they were coming to Georgia, but I'm going to bet that's not happening. I have a feeling like that might yeah. not happen. They're still on the East Coast still out in some states. Yeah. Though. yeah. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk with Kirby from Monkey Town Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. As a brewery owner or taproom manager, are you looking for ways to enhance your customer experience while maximizing your revenues? Craft Cellar is a mobile solution that helps your brewery drive sales and attract new customers through online pre-sales for beer releases, events, and memberships. Get details now at craftseller.com. Mention Beer Guys Radio after sign-up and extend your free trial to a full 30 days. Remember, craftseller.com, C-R-A-F-T-C-E-L-L-R.com.
follow the beer guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular podcasting apps. Now let's get back to our talk with Monkey Town Brewing. Well, Kirby, we brushed on this a little bit in the uh, in the last segment. We were talking about kind of, we don't want to dwell on it. I think I say that every week now, Brian. But then but, we dwell. But that we don't dwell. <laughs> no, we, don't we don't dwell. We don't. But we do mention, we acknowledge it, the coronavirus, the we, COVID. Right. We tip the hat to it. So you said uh, for considering all things, you're doing okay right now, correct? We're doing okay. So we... um. We've been back allowing people to to sit down and dine in for I think it's it's closing in on a month. And, you know, we really haven't had, you know, the cases that other large cities have. And right. so, you know, we have a different perspective and we're certainly not in, I wouldn't say we're in the thick of it. We're not a hot zone. So, so yeah, so all things considered, being shut down for as long as we were with doing just takeout, our beer sales surpassed our food for the first time in you know since opening because we are you know even though we are a brewery we are a full-scale restaurant we have you know right. 40, 40 plus food items full bar uh you know so a lot of people look at us honestly a little too much like we're a restaurant that makes our own beer as opposed to a brewery that has food i i get that yeah yeah yeah, it, it was nice to kind of get back to, to making beer the focus, which, of course, is, is my passion. It's, it's why I wanted to open up Monkey Town. And um, when people would come in and get cans to go or growlers to go, I didn't have the distractions of the restaurant. So I could actually get to talk to people more. And I noticed that there were a lot of people coming from out of town as well, because a lot of breweries in bigger cities were shut down. And, uh, it, you know, people, you, you know, use that as a reason to, well, let's get out and go for a drive. And then they realize, oh, it's sure. really not that far away. So it was really, it, it, you know, considering all things of how horrible COVID has been, it really allowed me to meet some new people, get some new customers in there that had never been to us before. And, um, you know, for certain people, it kind of was like, oh, I never knew y'all were here. So. Uh, we had a different perspective from it, most certainly. Speaking of your food, though, if I remember right, don't you guys have some kind of unique nachos? Like, are they Irish or maybe blue cheese chip yeah, nachos? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're Irish nachos. We did it one year for St. Patty's Day. It's homemade potato chips with corned beef, all right. our, our, yes. famous, oh, our famous yeah. beer cheese on top. Uh, a little bit of sour cream and chives, and yeah, they are insane. They're one of my favorite things on the menu. I can say that they pair well with every beer that we tried there. <laughs> they, we, they did. We yeah. went through the list <laughs> munching on those nachos because it's not a small portion. It's not a small portion. Um, the, the 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 portion of sodium that's in it is also not small. So yeah, it makes right. you thirsty. It's like, oh my god, this. I don't care what beer it is. Give me something liquid. Bring it on. <laughs> so, Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're they're super tasty. People like them. Brian, I think you actually were wondering about this about ingredient prices since yes, we've been kind exactly of locked right. down yeah. here for a while. Have you seen any increase on the price of your ingredients with everything that's been going on? No, I'm actually because we're not a super huge brewery. On pace this year, I think we're going to do about 350 barrels, which is super super tiny. So actually, I've seen ingredients 
not only the prices stay the same, but I've had access to more types of hops. Like I have okay. access to yeah. Galaxy, Vic Secret, okay. Citra. I mean, a lot of these places that are, you know, these hop growers, these hop contracts, people are just wanting to kind of offload amounts just because they need to. And so I've never been able to really use Galaxy before. And I've actually been able to buy Galaxy kind of as much as I want. Granted, I still do have to pay what everyone else has paid for it. It's a little bit easier for me to to get ingredients. So um, it's actually been a little bit more positive for me. That worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. Well, you know, we're seeing that with some of the smaller breweries here too, that, you know, the, the takeout, I'm sure they wouldn't want to operate this way forever, but everybody's been encouraged to support your local brewery. Sure. And everybody's quarantined or laid off. What is it like 92% unemployment right now or yeah, something, something like, like that. So everybody's pretty much laying around drinking beer. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. been helpful to these little breweries to, that do take out. People have been supporting them. You say, Hey, support these guys. And, and people are doing their utmost to do it. I've bought more beer through the quarantine. I absolutely have. Yeah. And there was a story that we didn't get to. I think the IRI said that, uh, Beer sales are up again, or still continue to See? be up. People yeah. are, are going out and still gotta stocking have a drink, up. Man. You got to have a drink. At home. Yeah. yeah, they're not there drinking it on site, which does uh, hurt places that make all their money that way. But guys that can survive on selling cans to go are are, are killing it still. Yeah. yeah, 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 most certainly. Kirby, we've kind of teased this in in the, the promotion to the show, but. We discovered when we visited there that there's a really interesting story to Dayton, Ohio, or Dayton, excuse me, Dayton, Tennessee, as well as the name of your brewery. Can you uh, tell us about that? Sure, of course. And that uh, uh, Dayton, Tennessee was actually named after Dayton, Ohio. So, a lot of, okay. Yeah, All it, right. It was. There you yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's also Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, and, and a myriad of other, of other Ohio cities that, that, um, Tennessee named their cities after. So, uh, so yeah, back in 1925, um, uh, Tennessee had, had outlawed the teaching of evolution in publicly funded schools. And so there was a kind of depending on how you look at it, it was a historic court case, but it was also a little bit of a publicity stunt as well. Um, they, they, you know, there's a, a group that realized, you know, we have to get this overturned, but it would also be a great way to generate business. And so they kind of mold around different cities to, to kind of hold this, this historic court battle in and Dayton was it. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was what we're known for. And almost 100 years later, uh, and actually, what was it, a year or two ago, uh, there is a there's actually a statue of William Jennings Bryan, who was the prosecutor um, uh, for procreationism. And so Clarence Darrow was on the defense. Well, on the lawn of the courthouse, there's only a William Jennings Bryan statue and not a Clarence Darrow statue. So a couple of years ago, there was a private group that actually raised money to have a Clarence Darrow statue erected and put on the lawn. And you would think that it was the biggest thing to happen since the court battle. Uh, uh, New York Times did an article on it. NPR was here, Wall Street Journal, the Smithsonian. I mean, it was, it was a huge deal. And so even today in the, in the, you know, in 2000, you know, 2018, 19, 20, 
uh, you know, we're still talking about it and uh, it's still kind of what we're known for. Uh, you know, we get people every year for the scopes trial, kind of our, our festival that we have from all over the country, history buffs, people who really like that kind of stuff. So again, a hundred, almost a hundred years later, people are still talking about it and it's what we're known for. So it kind of sounds to me like the, the town has embraced the, the identity, the name monkey town and probably embraced you, you know, using that is your brewery's name. Is that right? Yeah, it has. I mean, we, um, you know, we're, my dad and I are from, uh, Dayton, uh, you know, so we have a lot of family here, but we lived in New York for 11 years in Eastern Long Island. So coming back, um, you know, we, you know, especially I personally, I was a little hesitant on how people would react towards us using Monkey Town Brewing Company. I didn't think people would be open to it. And, um, you know, d- dad was right. You know, people have embraced it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, people love the name, you know, so it really has worked out and, and, uh, it's kind of taken that, that harsh, you know, sharp edge and softened it a little bit. So. I can see it when you're a small town, you have something that significant there, embrace it. It what's it identifies who you are, right? It makes you nationally known. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very yeah. cool stuff. Well, you, you're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Kirby from Monkey Town Brew. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. Brian and Tim, the beer guys, if you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, WRKQ 1250 AM in Madisonville, Tennessee. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WRKQ every Saturday at noon local time. Now let's get back to our conversation with Monkey Town Brewing. Kirby, just before we went to break there, you were talking about being in New York and coming back to Tennessee. And I saw, you know, you went to, I believe it was Stony Brook University up there for yeah. you uh, yeah. and uh, bartending in the Hamptons and that. How was it coming back to small town Tennessee after uh, living in an area like that? Was uh, How was that transition for you? It's interesting because when you say the word culture shock, yes. it's usually yeah. when you've never been to a place before. But I'm like, holy crap, yeah. I grew up here. Like I yeah. lived 
right. I lived in Tennessee until I was 14. And uh, I didn't come back until I was 25, uh, you know, as soon as I graduated. And, uh, you know, Tennessee was not the place that I had pictured having a brewery. And, um, yeah. you know, I'd wanted to, of course, do it up there because, you know, going from, you know, the ages of 14 to 25, that's some pretty interesting years. You know, you build relationships, you build, you know, my roots are there, even though my roots, of course, started in Tennessee. And so when we tried to talk about doing it up in New York, you just need a lot of money. And, uh, yeah. of course, money is not something that we have, uh, even though, of course, living in the Hamptons, we were the people that served the people in the Hamptons. You know what I mean? So, okay. uh, you know, we, we lived we, in the Hamptons, though, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we still live there. And, of course, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've never been a huge fan of the lake. I've always been a huge ocean yeah. fan. And I'm right. five minutes away from the ocean here. I'm five minutes away from the lake. So it was just a different, you know, different atmosphere. And, and sure. uh, you know, we still have a lot of family that lives here in Tennessee. I, I actually live with my grandmother just right down the street from Monkey Town. And uh, so when we talked about coming back, I was a little hesitant. And then when, when my dad had talked about calling it Monkey Town, I was a little hesitant. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just like now that I look about it in hindsight, I was kind of worried about what everybody else was worried about. Oh, there's a brewery coming in here. They're going to call it Monkey Town, this, that. That's a reason why nothing really cool has happened in this town for, you know, for almost 100 years is that people were kind of worried about what kind of town it is. And so all it takes is just someone wanting to, you know, kind of change the narrative. And that's what we did. And, and like I said, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary yesterday. And uh, it's congrats, been, it, yeah, yeah, so. thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I, I hear that it was, was it your birthday over the weekend or? Brian, it was yeah, mine. Sure yes, enough, it, yeah. it was. Okay, nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, happy, happy late birthday. My sister's was yesterday and my uncle's is today. So it's a, uh, you know, a nice. Party little, time, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but. Um, it's a nice grouping of birthdays. It nice. is. It, it is a good grouping and, and uh, it's been great. Like I said, it wasn't where I thought that we would start. But now five years in, I don't see us being able to do what we're doing anywhere else, New York, anywhere in the country. It's it's in Dayton, Tennessee, and I'm super proud to be here. So speaking of your anniversary, do you have plans to do something for that in the future, like special beers, or are you just kind of waiting to see what happens? I am waiting to see what happens. I had, I had really wanted to do something this year. Uh, we've done something every year except for last year because – because we are a full-scale restaurant. You know, I have a lot of other things that I have to do in addition to beer. And the anniversary just kind of snuck up on me last year. And I'm like, eh, I'll deal with it late, you know, next year. And then this year, I really wanted to do something and it just didn't come about. So I may, you know, maybe later in the fall, once it cools down, do something, maybe do like an Oktoberfest, like kind of blow that out of the park, get some really cool bands in here, do some special beers some swag and all that. But um, at this point, we're really just kind of, I'm just trying to fill my tanks and, you know, we're, we're blowing through stuff. So I'm just trying to catch up. That's not a bad place to be. No, it, it's a good problem to have. It really is. Maybe People you can come it. up with yeah. some German nachos for October. There fans. you go. German nachos, yeah, yeah, like like yeah. get some, uh, yeah, like get some, some bratwurst, some yeah. pretzel pretzel chips and bratwurst, and you know what? Now I'm gonna make some. Now I want German nachos. <laughs> I'm gonna eat some of those out. nachos. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say that, my my aunt is German, and she uh, she does bang and schnitzel. So we may do some really cool schnitzel this year. There you go, man. It's gonna be yep. a party. 
We may have to we may have to make a trip back up. For we that. will have to. You know, yes. speaking of making a trip up there, I did want to say this. So we went up. I had to do a trip to uh, to Chattanooga a while back, and we reached out to the guys at, at the Brew Chat Podcast and said, "Hey guys, we've been up there. We've done the Chattanooga beer scene. You know, we've hit Heaven and the L. We've hit Hutton and Smith. Odd Story. You know those." What's the one we can't miss? That's not one of these guys. And they're like, you know what? You you have to hit Monkey Town. They're like, if you're coming, if you're going to hit one brewery in Chattanooga, it has to be Monkey Town. And he said, but they're just slightly outside of Chattanooga. Slightly. <laughs> in quotations. Right. I want everyone here to know that slightly is forty miles. Yes. So <laughs> it's a little bit a little bit out there. So thanks for that, Brew Chat guys. But I'll say this. <laughs> It was worth the trip because we really enjoyed the beer. We learned a lot, you know, about sure. the scopes trial and that. So we did not regret our trip there, Kirby. Yeah, we're good. Day. We got to have that fluffernutter stout. So. We did the yeah. fluffernutter and the Irish nachos, man, and the Irish nachos. Yeah, and uh, actually, I was meeting a friend who is a hunter, and uh, he mentioned that Tennessee allowed you to take additional deer this year because of overpopulation. So I actually went up there and got me a whole deer's worth of deer meat. Nice, you know, awesome, so, awesome. So it was, it was a productive day. It was win, win, it was win. A productive day. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of the fluffernutter stout, you do a lot of really interesting stouts in that. So what's uh, what kind of craziness is in the tanks right now? Uh, well, in terms of stouts, usually what I like to do with my stouts is I will do a small portion non-barrel aged, and then I've started doing a, a, you know the rest barrel aged and adjuncting it. So I did s'mores, and then I did um, cinnamon toast crunch cereal. Okay, so I nice. so I did a I did a barrel aged cinnamon toast crunch and barrel aged s'mores, and then a non-barrel aged cinnamon toast crunch and s'mores, and then just a regular non-barrel aged and then barrel aged so really the the size brewery that i have i get to take an entire four barrel batch of beer and really play around with it and i like having a small brewery like i do because it allows me to stay creative i'm not having to do 10 barrels of one type of beer uh, i really get to do just a couple of sixtals and and you know do some really fun interesting stuff and um yeah, I mean, it really is playing into, you got to brew a beer where the ingredients that you're adding into it are going to work. No, you can't just brew whatever kind of base beer you want and just throw stuff in and expect it to work. You have to kind of say, all right, well, I'm going to be doing a s'mores beer. You know, you know, you have marshmallow, you have graham cracker, you have chocolate. You got to kind of think about how those ingredients are going to impart their own characteristics on the beer. So you said, think about the ingredients that they're used. So I said, those ingredients, that would be for a Berliner, correct? Yeah. <laughs> I just did a blueberry cobbler and a peach cobbler. So we're talking graham cracker and vanilla and blueberry for one and the same with peach. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. I mean, you know, craft beer has never been in a more experimental, creative phase. It's kind of like, I like to call it the Jackson Pollock times of craft beer to where you can literally splatter paint against a wall and see what what happens i mean you can does it work does it not work doesn't matter it's art it's like a monkey flinging ingredients right Ingr true, ingredients true. Yeah. right yeah. ingredients chocolate yes <laughs> right Ex except i have a face mask and i have gloves on because you know covid so you got to oh, stay sanitary yeah. somewhat it's really cool to be especially in a demographic where craft beer is not at the forefront of people's minds people's taste buds what they want to drink it's cool having someone drink a blueberry cobbler sour because they don't like the taste of beer. 
as opposed to being in a bigger city where they're used to drinking that kind of stuff. And they're like, does this taste like so-and-so's, you know? So it's really, we're more in the, we're more in the market of converting people to craft beer. And that's why it's taken me a little while to kind of say, no, that this, you know, what we're doing could not work anywhere else. I like being in Dayton because we truly are building a craft beer community to where people aren't used to these types of beers. They're not used to double barrel aged stouts or pastry sours or hazy IPAs. They're like, man, I had a, you know, I can't remember the last time I had a good beer that I liked. And it's because it tasted like beer. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back very soon to talk more with Kirby Garrison of Monkey Town Brewing. Is your brewery or restaurant pouring all jacked up? Your foundation needs to be protected from heat, chemicals, and other contaminants. At the same time, you want to make sure it's slip resistant and you can clean up your messes with soap and water. You know who to call? ResTech. We've been manufacturing poured-in-place flooring since 2002, and we've got solutions to fit any facility's needs. Go on and visit our website at ResTech.net. That's R-E-S-T-E-K.net. Drop us a line and we will come to you for a free evaluation. Oh, yeah. As beer lovers, we know real beer. And Athletic Brewing makes non-alcoholic beer that stands shoulder to shoulder with full-strength craft beer. With a fraction of the calories and certified organic, it's a great beer to enjoy anytime. Check out Athletic's selection of IPAs, Golden Ales, Stouts, and more at athleticbrewing.com. Use code BEERGUYS25 for 25% off your first order, and U.S. customers get free nationwide shipping. Athletic Brewing, brew without compromise. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys radio show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Monkey Town Brewing. Now, Kirby, when we went to break, we were talking about uh, you being the Jackson Pollock of small town Tennessee brewing, <laughs> yes, and having <laughs> and, and having fun with things and uh, some cinnamon toast crunch and fluffernutter stouts and all that. So, something I think is really interesting is we talk about all these crazy beers, and my dad lives in a small town in Northeast Arkansas, so I'm very familiar with small town ideologies in that, how that works. And something that I think kind of speaks to the fact that you still have small town roots from looking up the information. If I read correctly, your number one beer is a brown ale. Is that correct? It's one of the, it's surprisingly, it's one of the highest rated brown ales that I've been able to find. And that's, you know, that's not, I I don't toot my own horn ever, but it's surprising. And I've noticed that in the, you know, I grew up in the days kind of when beer advocate was still a thing. It's so much easier now to use untapped and to check in things. You know, I remember my days of being, you know, I had a tumbler and I had a, you know, where I would go on and I'd give a beer a 92 out of 100. And now I look back and I'm like, why did I give it a 92 out of 100? What made it that as opposed to a 95? And I'm like, it was, you know, was it good or wasn't it good? And so, or was it not good? So, so I look at, you know, kind of the beer that I like to brew and I'm like, just try to make it good. Just try to make it decent. Try to make it what you want it to be and i noticed that for like brown ales in general it's kind of a throw-in 
beer, you know, whether it's an amber or a blonde, it's just kind of one of those beers that people don't think too much about. So I'm like, no, I love brown ales. And it's hard sure. to find a really good brown ale. And so I really wanted to, you know, to brew one that had a little bit of sweetness to it. You know, some of them can be a little bit too roasty, a little bit too bitter. And so I'm like, I really want to kind of make mine sweet and smooth and easy drinking. And, and uh, yeah, the brown and out has, has kind of been one of those staples to where like it's not on right now because I just haven't had a chance to brew it. I've been, I've been busy and I'm, I'm hearing you know, for my customers, they're, they're mad. They're angry. They're like, where's my brown right. now? Going, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me feel good. You know, I, I wish that it was on tap right now, but I love that people like it that much. And it's, it's super humbling. You know, it really is. I like that people enjoy my beers and, and that's a beer that they like. Cause again, a, a brown ale is not something that you think people go to a brewery for, you know, especially in today's day and age, it's the, the latest hazy or the pastry stout, or the smoothie, or the fruit sour. I like that people come here for the brown ales, or the blonde ales. And, um, you know, I like a lot of breweries nowadays kind of don't give enough attention to those types of beers. I think with that, um, Kirby, it's kind of a catch-22 because on one hand, the breweries may not give them much attention, but a lot of the breweries, especially in the trendier, trendier areas, Atlanta, Asheville, North Carolina, we were talking to Dissolver out of Asheville recently, and he's, we were talking about Pilsners becoming cool again and how what big fans we are of that. And we're like, yeah, we've been talking about it for a couple of years. He's like, yeah, us too. We're glad to see it. He said, so you're just telling me if I keep brewing my, I think he said ESB, right? If That's keep, right. If I keep brewing my ESB, it'll become cool again, right? And I was like, just keep on, man. And you so I think believe. that's kind of it too. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like even if you got a brewer, you know what? You can, Kirby, you can love an ESB as your absolute favorite beer, but if you brew it and it doesn't sell, it doesn't make business sense to have it on your taps, you know? It's true. So that's, so that's kind of the catch 22 is it is brewers don't give it as much love. That's like Brian, a few years ago when Exodus Porter took a medal at GABF and yes. they immediately canceled. They it. immediately it's canceled. Like, what it. the heck guys? Such so, a glorious, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that Porter was just beautiful yeah. and they, they bring it back occasionally. They, it does the McRib returns every yeah, now and then. I, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've been inspired by all of your interesting, you know, uh, creative stouts and your brown ale and all that. I think I got an idea for you. I think I'm going to propose this idea for you. Okay. Uh, a, a stout based on Elvis's banana peanut butter bacon sandwich. It's a little Ooh. smoke out in there. You get your banana for the monkeys and you got Elvis, you know, cause yeah. you know, Elvis spent some time in Tennessee and I think that it needs a logo. I know you may, maybe you don't always put logos on your cans, but the logo you put Elvis's hair and sideburns on that monkey hanging there. Perfect. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Maybe awesome. the shades too. So that's that's what I'm thinking. Did you just say Elvis spent some time in Tennessee? He spent a little time there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did spend a little. I time might have there. been I might have been understanding you it slightly, just, it just a little yeah. bit, you know. So, so is that one on the brew schedule now, Kirby? Uh, it is now, as long as I can give the uh, give the monkey a little uh, a little white V neck T shirt with a uh, you know kind of. It's kind of good. That, that that greaser boys kind of look. So uh, TCB, yeah, I like it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely like do it. that. Yeah, there, and you can call it TCB, Brian. Yes, so yes, so TCB with the little logo, with well, a little lightning bolt. That well, could be maybe a, not. Maybe that not. could be a collaboration yeah. with the estate, though. That could yeah. be a big thing because it's <laughs> the collaborations with musicians. That's big because he spent some time in Tennessee. Because he spent some time in Tennessee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Kirby, talking of underappreciated beers and beer styles, what's a beer that you love that you think people don't give enough respect to? Well, certainly lagers are the are the new kind of kind of beer on the block. I mean, it, it, you know, everything comes full circle. You know, they call it vintage for a reason. It was huge 20, 30 years ago, and it's just starting to get big now. 
are big again. So I've really liked drinking our Scottish ale. And it's really kind of hard to find a good Scottish ale. And kind of what we were talking about before, you know, with, with breweries and bigger cities, you know, not necessarily having that demand. I think that breweries like that are now, it's kind of like, like a reverse, like they're now doing their small batch type beers for these more drinkable, more easy, more classic styles. Instead of doing small batch pastry stouts, they're doing small batch brown ales small batch ESB, small batch lagers to where they can experiment with this type of stuff. So like for me, you know, one of the beers that I've been drinking all, like I said, my Scottish show, but also it's my Municellus, you know, that, uh, that I brewed for the last year and a half. And uh, it's, it's just you know, super easy drinking, you know, just a, a nice everyday beer, something that has gotten a lot of people that come in here that really don't know craft beer hooked, at least on our beer. They're like, well, I really don't like beer. Up until this point, other than Bud Light or Miller Light or Coors Light, but I like that. Sure. That's a fun thing to do, too, is to, is to have people come in and let them discover beers that they, sure. you know, I'm a Bud drinker. I'm a Miller drinker without ever having to checked anything out. We used to do our homebrew club meetings, Kirby, and we had a friend that came over that was a Bud Light drinker, and he would tote a 12-pack of Bud Light around with him. Yes. <laughs> he loved his Bud Light, but he also loved hanging out and trying the craft beers. But if yeah, he was nice. just hanging and drinking... Yeah. And you know what? We're like, dude, he's like, I hope you guys don't judge me. We're like, dude, if that's what you like drinking, drink it. That's what it's about. You know? Yeah, so. exactly. Speaking yeah. of the new, the new thing, the new hotness on the block, I think I remember having a Quike beer when I was there last time. You've experimented some with that, right? And what do you think of that yeast? I mean, are you, are you sold on that being a, the next big thing or are you kind of, that was fun. And let's it move is, on. It is by far one of the most insane things I've ever experienced as a brewer. Like yeast is forget what you knew about yeast and kind of like temperature parameters, gravity parameters, pitch rates, all that. Uh uh. Throw it all out the window. It is one of the it, it's one of the craziest ingredients I think that you can put in beer. And it's it's getting back to yeast. I mean, usually it's like, okay, I want to put this cookie or this cake. It's like no. Have you used Kvike? I mean, you can do whatever you want to. It ferments it at 110 degrees. You know, you don't, it, it, it's crazy. It, it's a lot of fun to brew with. The two beers that I brewed with, now granted, they haven't been the biggest sellers, but they were the most fun to brew because it's like, all right, just as soon as you think you're doing everything correctly, you read and it's like, oh no, you fermented it at 95 degrees. Oh no, fermented at 110 degrees. Oh no, it's perfect. Oh, you did this many grams per liter. Oh no, do this. You know, it can ferment at this. Do whatever you want to it and it will give you clean beer, delicious beer. I think more brewers are going to start using it and not just for saisons, for sours. I think you're going to see a lot more home brewers using it because they're the people that have the least easily accessible fermentation controls right. in terms of temperature. Yeah. yeah. So I think you're going to see a lot of people who are like, dude, I, I can't afford to buy a refrigerator and get a temp controller for it and spend $200 on this. Like, nope, use Kvike. And you can do a stout with Kvike. You can do an amber ale with Kvike. So I, I think that um, uh, that's the new trend, but it's not going to be just the hot trend. I think it's going to be kind of like, you know, you know, the new norm is for homebrewers to start experimenting with, you know, Hornendal or Voss, or some other different types of strains of Kvike. I love it. You know, I give it my stamp of approval. 
um, and I hope more homebrewers use it. That's great. And you know what? We're running out of time, Kirby. So uh, if people want to keep track of what is happening with Monkey Town Brewing, where should they go? Definitely go to our Facebook. Um, that's where I do the majority of my of my postings for beers, for updates, for events. So, you know, of course, Monkey Town Brewing Company. Check out our website, monkeytownbrewing.com. Go on our Instagram page. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, we're here downtown Dayton, Tennessee. Seven days a week, lunch and dinner, full food menu, pool tables, beer garden. We do it all. Awesome, Kirby. We appreciate you joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Make sure to join us next week as we talk with the guys from Abomination Brewing. For more craft beer info, just follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, Your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.